Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here, and Casey, as you know, it is this time each week where we check in on what those overachievers down the street from us at 200 West Washington, <laughs> what they're doing on behalf of the uh, of the taxpayers, and do that, we look to one of the best in the business. She joins us now on the WIBC hotline, Nikki Kelly from the Indiana Capital Chronicle. Nikki Kelly, hello. Hello. All right, so we'll get to the state house in just a second. Before we do that, though, let's start with Victoria Sparts. I think this whole thing is super weird, and it seems like a bunch of people, including some high-profile local politicians in the 5th, are coming out against her. You guys are covering this in depth. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I guess she gave us a little hint a few times, saying she was reconsidering, but, uh, you know, wow, what a way to burn some bridges. Mm-hmm. You you announced you know, a year ago you're not running. People have put their time, money, and effort into this race. And at the last minute, you say, just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we, we were talking about this yesterday, that it's pretty rude to those people, whether it's Engling or Goodrich or uh, Raju or any of those guys who are who are running. You didn't make yeah. any friends there because all – and and their supporters are kind of in their camp now. Yeah, like the Noblesville mayor, Chris Jensen, he came out basically saying, nope, we need a stable, you know, uh, representative in Congress, <laughs> uh-huh. and, um, which was a little pointed. Um, so, yeah, they are lining up behind the people that uh, they decided to support once she said she wasn't going to run. And, you know, I've talked to a few Republicans who aren't positive that she can get through the primary. Isn't this kind of like her personality? Because she didn't, didn't she do something similar back in 2020 when she said she was going to run for reelection for the state Senate and then changed her mind? Exactly. Um, Yeah, I mean, she definitely, you know, I do think she is struggling with the idea of of balancing family here in Indiana while being in D.C. all the time and missing some of her children's lives. But, but, you know. I, at, at some point, make a decision and stick with it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Nikki Kelly is our guest from the Indiana Capitol Chronicle. All right, so let's uh, turn the attention to the State House. This uh, FSSA thing is a mess. We've covered this in depth about this uh, plan to kind of whack uh, paying parents who are taking care of their severely disabled kids. Man, they, you got Suzanne Crouch saying they got to fix this. Then you got FSSA still saying eat it. What is going on with this? Yeah, I mean, I right now everyone's in their camp. Suzanne's having a press conference this morning at nine thirty with with a family that's impacted, and she's really trying to put the pressure on. But FSSA doesn't seem to be bending. And then you have the legislature, who I don't know if you've been following, but they have five or six bills mm-hmm. this session on on administrative rulemaking and trying to sort of take back oversight from the executive branch. But the minute these hard cuts come along, they want nothing to do with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. It's such a great. You made such a great point on that, Nikki. And it's so interesting 
because you you got you had uh, we had talked last week about this this uh, emergency uh, you know pandemic they're trying to curtail mm-hmm. the governor's power you know for four years they didn't want any part of this and now they want a part of it and you're right this is the same thing here where hey we got to stop these uh, these uh, you know bureaucrats from writing writing law and administering law without our consent okay here's an opportunity nope don't want any part of that <laughs> yeah because you know someone's gonna get hurt if you got to cut you know. 300, 400, 500 million out of a program. There's no way to do that without impacting someone's services. I do really feel bad for those administrators and bureaucrats, though, because they're simply doing what they're directed to do, and then they get made out to be the boogeymen when reality is the legislature has the ability to fix or correct or change this. I mean, the fact is, is that things were added slowly to the Medicaid program, and, you know, we see bills every year. Uh, we're going to have Medicaid cover this procedure this year. We're going to have Medicaid cover this this year. Guess what? Over a decade, that all builds up, and suddenly you have a program that, you know, is spending more than you're spending on education, almost, not quite, and, you know, with the federal help for sure. And so suddenly you're like, whoa, you know, it's it's gotten a little out of control, and we've got 2 million people on it. And I do understand it's, you know, you do have to watch how much you're spending on a program and make sure you're spending correctly. But they they chose a really they chose one that's expensive, but really disabled kids. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Can you forecast at all what will happen in 2025? Because they're going to have to readdress (laughs) this with the budget. Oh, my God. 2025. We were just talking about this. We're doing a story for later this week. They are setting up so much stuff for 2025 it's going to be the most monumental session we've ever seen we have a normal budget right two-year budget's always a big deal we've got this big two-year tax reform where we're going to fix road funding Mm -hmm. we're going to maybe create true school universal choice through education savings accounts they have so much that they have set up for 2025 that it's amazing so what you're saying is that it's very 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 important on who you vote for it is very important you are act you are absolutely right nikki kelly our guest from the indiana capital chronicle before we get to this piece you had about ballot initiatives which again i think is pretty interesting you threw out a number that is staggering, and Nikki, you're so much nicer and more professional than we are. We use terms <laughs> like legalized vote buying around here. You would never do that. But you mentioned 2 million people on the Medicaid roll. That That is, for a state of 7 million people, that's one in every three and a half people is on the Medicaid roll. That is unbelievable. Yeah, not continuously, but like, for instance, I think the majority of births in Indiana are Medicaid births, and so... They'll go on for a while and, and kind of roll off and go back and forth. But, yeah, it's a, it's a massive amount of people. And, you know, you can look at the fact that, I mean, that's for people who are poor, right? And so somewhere along the way in decades of Republican leadership, we have not lifted up enough people to get out of poverty. Yeah, what a what a great, great point. And all these things and all these problems, whether it's education and kids can't read or this Medicaid stuff, it's all under Republican rule, and they never seem to want to acknowledge they're in charge when all the problems are, are happening. They're telling on themselves. Hey, all right, let's uh, real quick. India, uh, Nikki Kelly from Indiana Capital Chronicle is our guest. Um, you had an interesting piece, and uh, hey, I think I'm 
high level. I think I'm with you on this. I like this idea of ballot initiatives. I like the idea of being able to recall politicians who aren't doing their jobs. But once again, it appears the Republicans, Democrats pushed for this again this year. Republicans don't want any part mm-hmm. of giving people a, a say, uh, kind of directly influencing legislation and, and public policy. Yeah, no. And, and you know, they don't um... – they basically just say they already have their say when they choose their representatives, and that's completely accurate. The part they're not responding to is that they are doing or not doing exactly opposite of what the people want on several key issues. And so no one ever wants to address that, you know, you and, and how frustrated people are. If you have 86% of the people who want some sort of legalized marijuana or you want, you know, 60% who want legalized abortion, at least in some manner, um, up till maybe 12 weeks, whatever it might be, uh, you know, but they're not pointing out to the fact that they're not following what the people want. What is the, is there, so their reasoning is, well, you have a say when you vote mm-hmm. for us. But the reality Absolutely. is they've so gerrymandered the districts that they almost can't lose. Yeah, and and the second issue to remember is, and and they do say, look, we don't want to, and I get it, we are a representative democracy. You cannot put every issue in front of the people. We would never get anything done. That's a fair statement. But I do think there's probably a middle ground where you you can create a bar high enough to take something to a statewide ballot to get something on. Ohio has, I think, a decent system. I mean, do you just? They had to gather four hundred and thirteen thousand signatures to even put that on the ballot. That's mm-hmm. a lot, you know, um, in half the county. So there's probably a middle ground where you can create a bar high enough that you're not putting every little issue of the day on a ballot, but on you know occasional larger scale issues, letting people have a direct say. Hey, real quick, before we let you go, speaking of signatures, I was told yesterday by a reliable source, Nikki Haley uh, still has the signatures. And if that holds, Jim Banks is going to look real bad. Well, I got to be honest, it changes by the hour because what's happening right now is Trump supporters have the copies of the 502 signatures and they are going through and they are finding duplicates they're challenging ones that were accepted. The other side is then challenging ones that were taken out. This is not going to be decided oh until we get to the election commission. This blows my mind because a whole bunch of people who were totally in the Todd Young camp, where he definitely didn't get those signatures mm-hmm. in 2016, and were like, just let him stay anyway. You'd be disenfranchising. The ruling from the election commission at the time was, well, yeah, maybe he didn't get them, but we don't want to disenfranchise the thousands of people who signed up for him, so just let him stay. Those people must Actually, be separate. that was... That was not the ruling for the election commission at the time. I sat through that long hearing. What they did was literally added some signatures that had been tossed out. Then they also, you know, tossed out ones that had been accepted. You can go through, you can, is this signature match the other one? I know they found a few people who have signed twice. Well, then you got to kick out that one. Mm-hmm. You know, just, is the ma- address the same? You also got to remember what has been happening is you have a Republican who views signatures one way and then the Democrat another way. And so they're fighting internally on which ones count or that, don't. Count. That's really bizarre, though, that they're so invested in keeping her off the ballot when it ain't even going to matter when it when it, when it gets here anyway, right? She's, she's likely not even going to make it to May. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they for some reason, 
Donald Trump has made this a, a key <laughs> mm-hmm. thing, and um, I think they're trying everything they can. And I've heard that the Trump campaign has reached out, sent a letter to the Marion County Voter Registration Office of some sort, tried to get it. They have stopped responding to it. Well, stopped. They never started <laughs> responding to any media um, responses or questions. The only reason I got one back last week is because they mistook me for Nikki Haley. I love right. this. I, yeah, yeah, I saw you tell, your tweet about that. That can, was great. Can you? I, I know we got to let you go, but can you tell us that real quick? That's hilarious. Yeah, I just sent a note asking about Nikki Haley's signatures, and I guess because Nikki Kelly, Nikki Haley, <laughs> the, the person got confused and said, very simply, you are short on signature. Uh, as if Nikki Haley is actually going to be calling on behalf of exactly. her. That's, that's yeah. great. Hey, Nikki Kelly, find her over at IndianaCapitalChronicle.com. You're the best. Thank you. All right. You guys have a good day. Yeah, you too. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Was just after dark when the truck started down. Hey! How about that? 21 minutes after 10, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Nothing says rip roaring radio like a little Harry Chapin out of the bump. Well done, Kev. What is this? Uh, 30,000 pounds of bananas? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, a classic. <laughs> the great song about a guy who wrecks a truck with 30,000 pounds of bananas. <laughs> Do they end up on the highway? It's a. Uh, it's a rather grisly end, Casey. Okay. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, the funniest part is the inconvenience of it all. <laughs> of the bananas? Yeah. It's a little slippery situation. <laughs> oh, that was so strong, Kev. Thank you for doing that. Another slippery situation is happening over at CNN. The new bosses have axed the morning show. Oh, no. This was supposed to be the centerpiece of the former bosses, Chris Lick, his plan to revamp the yeah. entire network, uh-huh. right? They uh, they let go of Don Lemon, and they had that Poppy Harlow, and then they put in those new people and uh as well as caitlin collins and this was supposed to be a whole new tweak to the uh to the network and make everything bright and shiny and new so what did that last six months so you're uh you've you've been around this business a time or two Mm -hmm. and uh you you have been uh you've been a star as a performer you've been a top flight manager you've you've been in the entertainment industry and i've been uninvited yes yes that's the full ev- spectrum the bu- <laughs> this is the crazy thing about radio i always hear people i can't wait for the day you're fired well it'll happen eventually because the bell tolls for everyone in in this business um mm-hmm. but remember okay so th- what was this was this 20 years ago because i had just started in radio and i was a producer for the indianapolis indians at the time it's actually when i first met hammer that air was air america was that the name when the democrat yeah. there was a there was going to be a democrat talk answer to talk radio mm-hmm. and that lasted remember that was there was all these big names were going to be behind it and we're giving this guy a show and that guy a show and that thing lasted what maybe two years and it had enthusiasm for about one month of those two years. Yep. Because people simply, and it has been true ever since, say for one one time period, and I'll get to it in just a second, d- people who, who, Democrats, liberals, they just in mass don't consume talk television, talk radio the way conservatives mm-hmm. do. They, they just, they don't. And I think a lot of that is because conservatives, liberty-minded people tend to be more thoughtful, thought-provoking people. And so they are more inclined to sit through and hear different ideas and thoughts and, and want to do deep dives on things. And liberals want to just kind of do it with their with their feelings. 
And so other than when Trump was president, and there was obviously a four-year window there where people were hate-watching on a daily basis, MSNBC and CNN, and they did okay during that window. But in 20 years, has it has this ever worked? MSNBC, CNN, any of this, is this... Has this worked? No, it hasn't. And I've seen some reports lately that Joe Biden actually likes watching MSNBC in the morning because it, you know, puts the exclamation point at the end of his thoughts because they agree with everything he does. Well, so it's like an ego boost to him. Well, if you're a, if you're a radical leftist, MSNBC does it much better than CNN does it, which mm-hmm. is why if you look at the ratings, they're way ahead of CNN. Because CNN, when I was a kid, so that would have made you late 40s ish uh-huh sure <laughs> when i was a kid remember it was 20 james, james 20 yes i'm kidding mm-hmm. casey's such a great sport um <laughs> remember it was james earl james earl jones this is cnn yeah. this is cnn yeah and it was the most trusted name in news mm-hmm. and ted turner owned cnn mm-hmm. and there well yes the, i'm sure the actual talk-oriented programming skewed somewhat left used at it was but it was stuff like it was larry king and it was it was it was still just news right i recall in college watching the first iraq war live as it was happening on cnn they were first and Mm -hmm. if you wanted to get information in real time cnn was the place to go Mm -hmm. but ever since they have delved into the opinion-based world they have been predominantly, and by predominantly, I'm saying 90% probably, if you mapped it out, left-leaning, and the quote-unquote Republicans they have on there are Trump-hating, you know, moderate squish Republicans. Mm-hmm. And the track record of this since the days of Air America is, other than that window where Trump was president and people were literally just hate-watching, that, that doesn't work from a business model. It does not work. So unless you're going to go right... You might as well just pack it up. And I'm wondering if it's because of the self-absorbed attitude of the liberals. Like, they don't care for somebody else's opinion because theirs is the one that's correct. And if you need proof, we have another example for you. You know, it was announced last year that the former White House press secretary turned MSNBC host Jen Psaki was getting an expanded time slot of her lifestyle program. And it, (laughs) turns out, isn't doing very well either. It's down 10%. the coveted 25 to 54 demographic. She is being beat by repeat episodes of Seinfeld, (laughs) Law and Order, and even Rick and Morty. Which is a cartoon, right? Yeah, Rick a and cartoon. Morty's a cartoon. Yeah, her Sunday program, Inside with Jen Psaki, uh, also being beaten by Golden Girls and Roseanne on TV Land. So think about, like, okay, it, in our world, we are very often number one in our key demo by which we are judged. The money demo. Imagine mm-hmm. if we were losing to what would Rick be the, and Morty. Well, but that's television. I'm trying to think of what the. Re, <laughs> imagine if we were losing to uh, repeats of 25 year old episodes of Bob and Tom. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the equivalent of what they're like. If Q95 just said we're going to just do live Bob and Tom in the morning and then we're going to do repeat Bob and Tom the rest of the day. That's what she's losing to. I think you'd have to come up with even worse programming than that. Well, it just it is amazing to me how this has never worked and yet other than this window where where Trump was president and yet they just keep trying to tinker with this thing as though it's it's not the hosts, it is the direction of the company itself and unless you're willing to change the direction of the company which they're not, you might as well just pack it up. 
just call it a day. Just CNN was a great thing in a moment in time. It had a, the market cornered at a moment in time. That ship has sailed, and this is over. Okay, you want to talk about ratings gold. Donald Trump is saying that he will do the Super Bowl interview that Joe Biden is passing on. So this is an annual pregame yeah. interview. They normally interview the president. Joe Biden apparently is saying that he doesn't want to do it. He's not going to do it. Whatever reason, great decision because he can't talk. Donald Trump, truth out, I would be happy to replace him. That would be ratings gold. There's no way they would let him do that, but he's right. That would be the best thing Mm -hmm. they could possibly do if they wanted people to watch was let Trump do that interview. Yep. 100%. CBS would have a spike for sure. All right, we've got your voicemails coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. The phone number 317-684-8444. It is time to hear from you, your thoughts, your contribution with your voicemails with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hey, just a couple things. One, you can also watch us on the YouTube feed. Casey's showing some shoulder right now if you'd like to see part of Casey's shoulder. Uh <laughs> that thing just shoot up here it's kind of an uh, 80s look today. yeah it is very 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 much and I, I appreciate how you did that on the dl to try to get the men folk to stick around here today Ooh, my shoulder <laughs> you'd be surprised these days casey <laughs> um also we'd like to congratulate uh to get everybody updated on a story we touched on earlier today um jason did make it back from your your house he did casey's husband locked his keys in the house yeah he locked himself out and uh had his phone with him Jason, producer Jason, producer for Tony Katz will be filling in for us next week. He was here shadowing Kev. Uh, rode to the rescue, took mm-hmm. the keys back to your husband and let him in the house. And it's amazing. He got to your house and back without losing a tire mm-hmm. on Washington Street yeah. or being uh, had an attempted execution <laughs> right. in that upscale neighborhood that yeah. surrounds your uh, your estate. I thought it was interesting. He said that there was a lot of photo opportunities yeah. he, on the way. Jay is a, a, a professional photographer in his uh, spare time. And so... Um, Anyway, I just wanted to let everybody know Jason did indeed make it back alive. I'd forgotten about Patty's out on West Washington <laughs> Street. There were so many more memories out there. Mm-hmm. I haven't been out there in so mm-hmm. long. I'm about to, uh, is that, is, Rob, we're going to have to have some lunch yeah. one day. Oh, no. Not there. Uh, is it still open? I don't know. It was closed up, but it is a little early yeah. for the for the dancers to be up. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. And okay. Out, so. Um, so the dude said, thank you, Jason. The only thing that it, that is hurt is his pride. <laughs> well, at least he left his car unlocked. Yeah. That's crazy. Which is but, dangerous but to do. But didn't have his keys with him. Which is dangerous to That's, do in your neighborhood. Yeah, why did he do that? I don't know why he did that. Unless he hit the key from inside oh, the house. that's also a possibility. To yeah, load it up with stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. At least I beat the locksmith. So. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And you saved him a couple hundred dollars. So thank you for that. All right. Let's hear from you. Uh, somebody called and they wanted to mention that today is the birthday of somebody. Good morning, Robin Casey, and good morning, Hoosiers. For uh, many of us who lived in the better part of the 20th century so far, uh, today is our President's Day. Ronald Reagan, 1911, February 6th, was born on this day. Two-term president, 
probably the best president of the 20th century, and sometimes we wonder if maybe he was the best president ever. So let's all wish a little happy birthday to Ronald Reagan today mm. and wish that we could go back to those times mm. when we had fun in this country and we had somebody in charge that we didn't worry about going to sleep at night. Mm. So, Mr. Reagan, the great communicator, we miss you. Yeah. Uh, very well said. It is interesting how Reagan has almost become Paul Bunyan-esque you know, it's like you would have thought he, you know, Reagan was a strong president. And sometimes over time, mm -hmm. uh, we idealize. The reputation yeah, gets right. bigger and better. But it is interesting. And Tom, the Southside Tom, one of our great listeners, touched on this. You, Reagan sort of, Reagan sort of symbolized the feeling of the 1980s. And like everything about Reagan sort of captured the country at that moment in time, which again, it was this re reclamation of American exceptionalism, American idealism. It's morning again in America, mm -hmm. the shining city upon the hill. Yeah. And so while Reagan was not this infallible president that time has sort of painted him like Paul Bunyan or Johnny Appleseed type character to be, he was a phenomenal president given the condition of America and the state of the country and where he left the country after at the end of his presidency in 1989 compared to where he found it, you know, when he was elected in 1980. Right. Well, when he took office, the huge stagflation that we were experiencing and the oil crisis. And you can only hope that huh, that would happen today. But of course, you're right. Everybody tends to gloss over the Iran-Contra affair when talking about Ronald Reagan. Um, okay, so yesterday, Victoria Sparts made an announcement that she was running for her office again, even though she had previously, a year before, announced that she was going to step down. So we have I want to see her lose. Does that make me a bad person? It makes you an opinionated person. Does and that that's make your me a opinion. bad person? I want to see her lose. So whether it's so that this guy was on with Tony that's running against her, English or England or Engling or what Engling I think is his name, uh, and then you got Goodrich and the Raju guy. Mm -hmm. I don't care who it is as long as it's not her because she should absolutely not be rewarded uh, for this her behavior the past year. No way. Well, we got a, quite a few phone calls about Victoria oh. Sparts. So here is the first one. Once again, you're absolutely right. Victoria Sparks is a liar. She's not running out of some sense of duty or patriotism or whatever. She could care less about America or American citizens. She is running for one reason only, so that she can send money to Ukraine. That's the only reason why she's running is because Ukrainian funding hasn't been approved and she wants to make sure she's there when it is so she can take credit for sending money to Ukraine. Hmm. Any other time, she's more than happy to mention that she's a Ukrainian citizen, that she's from Ukraine. But here lately, you haven't heard a word out of her mouth about being from Ukraine because she wants people to forget about it so they vote for her so she can send her money over there. So, yes, yeah, she's a liar. Vote for anybody in the 5th District except for Victoria Sparks. So uh, she, I was fascinated. We talked with Nikki Kelly about this earlier in the, in the, sh in the hour. Mm -hmm. I was fascinated by the public backlash from high-profile people. Um, like Chris Jensen, who's the mayor of Noblesville. We like Jensen. Mm -hmm. We think he's clinically insane for building that uh, taxpayer-funded stadium for the G League uh, 
the Pacers G League team. But mm-hmm. other than that, we like Jensen. Seems like an okay guy. Um, he came out publicly and was like, I'm with Goodrich. Yeah. And somebody else, another mayor came out and was, I think, with Goodrich. And so uh, here's the here's the issue, though, and this is what concerns me. And you know my theory, Casey. Everybody should be able to run. If you want to run, go for it. But if you split that vote four or five ways, you could have her win with 25, 27% of the vote. It'll be a small margin. And then she's going to be back there. And if you put her back there, she's going to believe she's bulletproof. And Mm -hmm. that's not going to be good for anybody. All right. Another phone call about Victoria Sparks. Two quick points. One, uh, Rob, do you know who Victoria Sparks reminds me of? Uh, that episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza quits his job and then the next day he comes back and he's like, oh, you thought I was serious? No, no, I was just joking. That's who she is. Last year she's like, oh, I'm not going to run for re-election. And now she's like, oh, you thought I was serious? Oh, you guys are nuts. Um, so the, the second one I want to make is that, Rob, I think you have too much faith that there's a, there's a lot of people who vote based on identity politics. And I, I'm a little nervous that if they put in Michelle Obama as the nominee, Democrat nominee, that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to, you know, I, I can't do the high-pitched voice that you do when you say this, but they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, look at Michelle Obama. She's a woman and a woman of color, and if we vote for her, she's going to be the first female president, and, you know, technically Barack Obama was biracial. So if we elect her, we're going to have the first black president. So we're going to have a, the first or the first fully black president, and we're going to have a female president. Or if you believe the far-right QAnon conspiracy theories, then she'd be the first trans woman uh, to be president, but I, I don't believe those. But but either way, they're gonna have you're gonna have people voting on her basically because she's a woman and a woman of color. Okay, so this is a situation where you need to close your eyes and listen to the policy. Well, and what he's responding to is I said yesterday because that new poll came out that shows Biden losing horribly to Trump. It's an NBC poll, so clearly not Team Trump conducting the poll, mm-hmm. and it's almost outside the margin of error. And what I'd said was there will come a point if they don't get Biden out of there fast enough, if the country doesn't improve, the condition of the country doesn't improve, and, improve, and Trump can stay out of jail. Because polling does show that if Trump gets convicted of a felony... It, it flips. It flips. Yeah. So if you believe that, if Trump can stay out of jail and the condition of the country doesn't improve, which, let's face it, it's not going to under Biden, then there will come a point where the party will get as much blame as the candidate does, and they won't be able to unfix the thing. Now, that they're not at that right now. I think if Biden got out today and they put Michelle Obama in, say, I think she'd have a pretty good chance of winning. But if you wait long enough, people start baking in, I've already decided that I can't do any more of this, so that was what I was referring to. I totally agree with the guy that I think Michelle Obama it would have a much better chance than, say, uh, Biden would. But I think the longer they wait, the harder it com- becomes to un to undo that. Well, and they're hearing more talking points, like when they asked Donald Trump about, well, what about Gavin Newsom? And he was said, oh, that'd be easy because all I have to do is run against what he's done in California. Yeah. Somebody like Michelle Obama, that's a tricky wicket because – you can't campaign against her record because she doesn't have one. You can't go yeah. up against, like with Gavin Newsom, you can point out all of the bad things right. that have happened in California. Which is why, and I've urged this for months now, and you know this, that Trump needs to run on an agenda so it doesn't matter who he's running against. He's going to run on, here's what we're going to do, and then whether it's Michelle Obama or Gavin Newsom or Joe Biden or whoever, Make that person have to play offense against your agenda. 
then it doesn't matter who you're running against. Here's how we're going to solve inflation. Here's how we're going to solve the border. Here's how we're going to solve energy. Here's how we're going to get foreign policy. We're going to get ourselves back on the same footing we had when I was president the last time. Th- that Make them run against your your agenda. And that's something Trump normally does. Is he, he normally does own the conversation and move the ball. Here, here's, here's, I just want to say this real quick. Here's what's interesting about Trump. And then I know we got to get to a break. Trump does his best work and he's done this his entire life when his back is up against the wall, whether it was business or politics or whatever. And if you start looking at what's going on here in the legal system in terms of the things that could put him in prison and and cost him the election based on polling, the Fannie Willis thing is unraveling. Mm-hmm. She might end up going to jail. Mm-hmm. The uh, election interference case has already been delayed, mm-hmm. so that's not going to get decided. We will see what happens um, with the documents case. We don't know with that yet. That thing could take forever to get through. Well, and it's come out that the Biden administration is just as uh, as nervous, if not more, because they are saying how bad the pictures are going to look. Right. Against Biden because he had all those documents in the garage. So if he can find out a way to stretch this to the election, then once he becomes president, mm-hmm. it's almost universally agreed you cannot try or convict a sitting president. Uh, he may... <laughs> In fashion that only Trump could do, he may figure out a way to pardon himself, to thread this needle, <laughs> and uh, win the presidency. And mm-hmm. if it's anybody, nobody but Donald Trump, you'd say it's over with Donald Trump. He's right in the game. Hammers up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And Hammer joins us in the studio. Good morning. So here's what I've gathered from listening to your program this morning. Yes. <laughs> your husband never carries keys with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Casey may have slept with Toby Keith. <laughs> Do I have the show summed up here? Don't you love that she went and saw him without her husband and then <laughs> may have identified, please post this note to Jim. Oh, that's my dog. Yes. 100%. <laughs> Who's Jim? Doesn't matter. Uh, can I update? Uh, I saw Terry Stacey, Hall of Famer Terry Stacey, first lady of WIBC in the hallway, and she confirmed the story we talked about earlier, Casey. There is indeed still urine in the still elevator there. to get in the building. Have you seen it? I have not seen the urine. Have you smelled it? It's an elevator, too, by the way. You've been warned. Now, to be fair, does the urine drown out the smell of weed that's normally <laughs> in said elevator? <laughs> because that elevator, you walk in there, like even Snoop Dogg's like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my question, because um, there's a famous episode of The Office where Pam and Dwight get trapped in an elevator, and he first thing he does is establish a pee corner. Uh-huh. But what... Wh- it's in a corner. Why couldn't you just <laughs> hold it and then not go in the... Go in the re- I mean... Restroom. Did the elevator get stuck at some point where somebody panicked and did what the office taught them? Though? Have you ever been trapped in one of those? I've been trapped in one of those elevators before. Have you ever been trapped in an elevator? Not here, but in an elevator, yes. Uh, that was the longest mm-hmm. 20 minutes. It felt like 20 hours of my life, and some nice lady on the emergency button kept me calm and just assured me I was not going to die or fall to my death. Did you establish a peacorn? I did not. <laughs> were you alone was, or were you yeah, with was, other people? I was by myself. See, I was with other people, and I was DJing a wedding. Oh, no. And I had my gear with me, Uh taking up a bunch of space. Were you looking at the people eyeing who you could count on? (laughs) I was looking at who I might have to eat. (laughs) 
So you have a theory, though, Hammer, that this P is not a vagrant, that this is someone who works in the building. Well, I mean, yeah, the majority of times, Mm -hmm. the folks in that elevator are somebody that have an active key card here. Mm -hmm. So while, yes, a vagrant is a very good possibility, because after all, this is downtown Indianapolis, Mm -hmm. um, I think there are a couple different people who could be responsible for said P. How exciting. Now, at first, I thought it was our boss, David Wood. Oh, no. Because in my mind, he stayed after work. He was you know, looking over some emails, maybe a new contract request from Rob Kendall. Mm-hmm. And then he set it on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then- he pulled a Lou Brown from Major yes. League and peed on it. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. But then I started thinking, well, he's not here that late. Yeah. He, le- he gets here late and leaves early. He's the boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, all right, who would pee in an elevator? Mm-hmm. That's here kind of later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That probably has a full bladder of booze and can't control themselves. Yeah. yeah. And can't toss a beer Any across the stand, studio. Stand out. Yeah. I mean, if we're handicapping this thing, it's got to be Nigel. That's right? who I was thinking. Nigel's yeah. your prime suspect. Uh-huh. Yes. He is the prime <laughs> suspect in the who peed in the elevator caper. <laughs> I agree with you. Can't even toss a beer across the studio. How could he possibly who be able to hold an elevator? Himself? Who is the person who does this? And why hasn't it been cleaned? <laughs> that's that's a bigger issue to me. Like, all right, there's pee in an elevator. Fine. It happens. I don't know why, but it happens. <laughs> Leaving it there seems like it's a little problematic. And poor Terry Stacy has now been subjected, the mm-hmm. kindest, most sweetest, most gentlest person mm-hmm. who may have never even seen pee in her entire life has been subjected to <laughs> pee in an elevator. Uh, speaking of Terry Stacy, she's a part of a game that we're playing in oh. the afternoon this week. We're giving away uh, Barry Manilow tickets. We've also got Luke Bryan tickets mm-hmm. to give away. But Luke for the Bryan. Barry Manilow contest, we're playing Barry, Harry, or Terry. Oh, we're going awesome. to give you a fact about somebody. It will either be Barry Manilow, Harry Carey, or Terry Stacy. Stacey. I love it. Perfect. You got to choose. It's not Andretti Petty or Famous for Spaghetti, but it's close. Jason Hammer, yes. thank you. Thank you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.